And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Donna Dort Donna Dort Donna Dort This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dunk This is Lee Dort and I'm Donna Dort I'm Josh Giddy and I'm down to dunk Hey, this is Kenny Hustle and I'm down to dunk I'm Darius Baisley and I'm down to dunk I'm Mike Muscala and I'm down to dunk this is Poku, and I'm down to that. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Brand. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of them. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me... Never, ever, on a Wednesday night, I've got Alex Spears and McKelly Bear on the same pod. What's up, guys? Well, it's it's great. I mean, my voice is not normal yet, because <laughs> I'm awake for like 25 minutes. Um, but hey, it's great to be here. This was demanded by one, at least one person. At least one person really wanted this, so I decided to try to make it happen. Uh, especially with Media Day Monday, I knew that I was not going to do a normal podcast Monday, and so I was like, man, I got to get McKelly back in the mix here. I got to get Alex in the mix. It's like, why don't we just do a joint pod, do some bold predictions, see what we can cook up here with all three of us on a podcast. So here we are, and uh, we got a trade, guys. We had a trade. Oh yeah! Yesterday, the Thunder traded Vite Krejci to the Atlanta Hawks. They got back Mo Harkless. Maybe, definitely, mm-hmm. they got him. They have him now. Uh, I don't know if he will be on the roster. I would bet that he won't. Uh, but they also got back a 2029 second round pick, and they amended. Their 2025 pick that they received, which is it's now top 40 protected. It was top 55 <laughs> protected. So they essentially got two seconds, maybe, for Veet Krejci, and they took on $3 million bucks, which helped the Hawks get uh, below the luxury tax. So it is a, a dorky deal, if you're excited about it, and it's a deal that will likely not impact your Thunder viewing at all going forward but you know to get essentially two picks for a guy that they were almost undoubtedly gonna wave if they didn't find a trade for him hey it's fine it's a good deal thoughts yeah i I almost feel like it was worth more than that because it sounds dumb because it's like it's v crechey like why would that be worth a lot but getting out of the tax this year yeah is it could be potentially worth like an extra fourteen million True. at the end of the season. True. So that is like a huge move for Atlanta. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. going to be essentially be able to pay for one of their middle contracts, you know, mid-level contracts, with whatever they get at the end of the season. Yeah, just pretty sweet deal. 
arguably worth more than a couple seconds. Yeah, for them, for sure. Um, I think that the leverage was not huge for Presti because, I mean, 5 million is not a huge amount of money that you have to shed in order to duck uh, right. below the tax. Um, but still, basically, what OKC did was A, getting a chance to draft a new Vitkrejci, uh with the 2025 pick mm -hmm. because I, I if i'm not mistaken it, it was pick 43 or something like or 37 I think something he was 37 like yeah 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 um so in, in that range um i think that atlanta will probably be in that range uh moving forward mm -hmm. uh and and then they get an extra an extra one so yeah. i mean it's 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 a fine deal um i don't know if harkless will ever play um he will probably be, I don't know, dealt before the, the season start. Traded or, or just get the Ariza. Or, or just waived. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are either of you disappointed in that they could have kept Krejci? You know, they could have done Ty Jerome, Derek Favors, Teo. Would that have been your preferred? If we're just talking about who you're cutting, who you're keeping? I don't, I just don't know that there's minutes on the wing this year. Yeah. If you're going to play, if you're going to play Jang any minutes at all, then there's just no way. Hold, but Andrew, I, I sent you that screenshot of that guy on Twitter said he was a, a, a backup point guard. <laughs> sure. There's no Why minute sure. for that either. Yeah, Why couldn't he have played backup point? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's just no minutes for him. And as we get closer to all this, I'm almost fully convinced they're going to keep favors. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. I think that they will still wave Theo. Um, I mean, I was doing math in my head yesterday, uh, preparing for the pod. And I mean, if you account for 27, 28 minutes for Treyman, which I think it's going to, to be around this range, 32, 33 for Lou, uh, Shea, Giddy, there's barely space for Wiggins, J-Dub and, and, and yep. Kenrich. Yeah. Yeah. There's not minutes so, unless you want to, unless... Teo wants to play on the blue. You know, there's not there's not real minutes to be had there. It's <laughs> a yeah. funny moment of media day. Teo was asking somebody in the hallway if he could get a tour of the arena. He had never seen the uh, the club level <laughs> and was really wanting to see the club level. Just like, oh, wow, you better get, you better go see the club level now, Teo, because uh, may you may not have a chance much longer to uh, to check that out, but. And I guess for making deals, it's more helpful to have Favors contract. You make to trade. You make, it's a ten million dollar expiring deal, which is helpful for trade. And I'm a little surprised. I know he was good in the locker room last year. Cool, that's great. He's been kind of great for guys this summer. I mean, he was in Vegas, so I was in mm -hmm. down underneath the tunnel waiting for players. To come and talk, Derek Favors walks by wearing big old Tim Duncan sized jeans. Um, you know he he's around. You know he didn't have to be he didn't have to be in Vegas at all. Didn't have to be yeah. with the team. Like chose to be with the team. Wanted to be there, looking like a big giant dort. He wanted to be there. You know, so I I think they see him as not only a good ten million dollar expiring deal, but a guy that can be a good veteran presence and also they need a center like they need a big guy to play i would not be shocked to see favor start night one for mm. this team it's not really what i would want 
but I would not be surprised by that. Um, so I, I think I think the Chet injury has certainly has something to do with it because Chet was going to soak up a majority of those minutes at center. Yeah. Um, now you don't have that. I think the favors is going to stick around at least for the season. Maybe maybe he gets traded at the deadline. You know, maybe you can use that ten million dollar expiring contract, like you said, to help to help some kind of some to help some team. But um, I don't know. I, I think that favors will stay. I think Ty Jerome is essentially gone. I mean, that was decided really by his representation. Mm-hmm. Um, Veet's gone. I think Harkless is gone. So yeah, I think that we're probably down to probably Teo getting cut, and that'll be it. Shout out to Thunder fans. I didn't see any tweets breaking down how Mo Harkless was going to fit in on the team. I was really proud of everyone. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Harkless, I've tweeted this. He can be some team's ninth man. Yeah. Just not just not here. You know, he can go play for the Kings again. He was pretty good for the Kings. Same yeah. Fact. <laughs> or the Clippers. He, yeah. Yeah. Some Clippers, team. Yeah. Yeah, the Clippers are kind of yeah. stacked, though. The Mavericks. Maybe. You know. Yeah, a team like that. I mean, for Favors, is also opportunity. Uh, he'll have time on the court to show that he's still okay yeah. as a NBA role player. Yep. I think that he can be much better in a as the ninth man, tenth mm-hmm. man, like the third big man mm-hmm. um, on a good team. I think he can provide 10, 15 minutes. Of yep. decent basketball, mm-hmm. um, and so I mean, I mean Horford did it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean he rejuvenated his career here. Yeah. So I think that for favors makes sense to say, hey, let's give it a try. Um, I will not be too good, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So it makes sense for all parties involved. Yeah. Uh, media day was Monday. Any any takeaways that you guys had? from from that day alex i know you just love media day it's just your favorite day of the year you love positivity uh i mean i loved your favorite cereal just getting crapped on over and over again nonstop. that was awesome uh that was probably my favorite part of the podcast just listening to every single guy just be completely disgusted they had never even tried it just disgusted by the idea of crackling oat bran they were hating on the way it looked, yeah. the name, like everything about it. They were just putting down, and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. That was really funny. That was <laughs> my, my easily my favorite part of the day was when Kenrich asked me if I was a big oat brand guy. You big oat brand guy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I would say the biggest thing that stood out was was Shay. Mm-hmm. And first, I, I would just want to say like Shay is. I'm always just like super impressed by how charismatic he is. Mm-hmm. Like he mm-hmm. could have come into that interview and just been like super boring stock answers, but like you could tell he was engaged in the conversation when he was answering those questions. Mm-hmm. And like it's not a huge ask, but f- most athletes wouldn't do that. And I just like really appreciated it. Like mm-hmm. it's just it, it's incredibly easy to root for a guy who sounds like that in a conversation, who's like willing to engage with this guy who he has no idea who you are, Andrew, you know, like he doesn't know what down to dunk is, but he came to that interview and was like, honestly ask answering all of your questions. Yeah. And the best answer was you asked him what he did, like what he worked on this summer. Uh-huh. 
which so many times that gets answered by guys by saying, oh, you know, everything, basically. I, you know. I would not let Dort answer it that way. I was I was waiting for guys to answer it, like, don't. But most guys actually answered it in an honest way. But yeah, go ahead. But Shay, his answer was like the most interesting answer because he could have said anything. Mm-hmm. And he said off ball. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. been working off ball. Which is the thing that we've been talking about for months now. Wouldn't it be nice? Like, we know he's really good on ball, but what if, because it makes more sense that he would be better off ball than Josh would be, at least in the immediate future. No doubt. What if he could develop that part of his game? That would be incredible. And that's the one, the first thing he brought up. So I thought that was like a huge thing Mm -hmm. to get you excited about this season. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so too. Um, That part was kind of. Um, I mean, the beauty of it is that Andrew didn't have to go there. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't ask him to, hey, what's what's what about the pairing with Giddy off ball on ball? No, he just went there mm-hmm. by himself. Um, and so that is really important. Um, I think that that Shay. I mean, you're right, Alex. He's great. <laughs> like, it's just uh, uh, such an interesting interview, and, and that that part was impressing. Um, I also have to to go on brand and saying that Lou Dort was. I mean, I mean, come on, Lou, um, and also Trey Mann. I mean, everyone was super duper excited about Trey Mann. Yeah. I know that everyone was super duper excited about Roby, yep. uh, but Roby got better. From year one to year two, so shout out to Roby. On the Spurs, better. I mean, the first year was hey, can he play? Second year, yes, he can play. He can also um, win us two games, which is terrible yeah, uh, in retrospect. Game. But uh, but he did that. So I mean, I'm quite excited by Trey Man. Um, and um, but yeah, yeah, he he was he legitimately does look different. Like there's so many mm-hmm. times when these media day photos come out and guys say like, Oh, I put on 20 pounds or whatever. Like the photo of Zion where he legitimately looks like a completely different person. Yeah. <laughs> and then the photos of Trey Mann, those were the two that stuck out. Like, okay, those are like different guys than they were the last time I saw them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I stood next to Trey a couple times and yeah, he looks definitely bigger. He looks, I mean, last year he looked like a kid. He yeah, did. I mean, he looks so tiny. And this year he he I don't know how he did it in such a short amount of time, honestly. Uh, but he does look quite a bit different. And so and I also heard from other people, not in interviews, but just in conversations I was having with people around the arena that not only does he like physically look different and Muscala talked about how he's he had a, a dunk on him, but I've heard he's like been flying in for offensive rebounds. Uh, during pickup games, like he's super aggressive, you know, f- finding his shot and and going for the basketball. I mean, it's there's been a noticeable difference in what he's done on the court, just in the way that he plays the game that has a lot of people excited around the Thunder. So there's now who knows? Does it translate to real basketball games? I don't. I don't know. I don't know if it does, but at least right now, like he's putting in the work. And then Mark Degnault's answer yesterday at practice was pretty telling. And it was, it was really funny because he was very open and honest. He, I don't actually even know why he gave me such a long answer, but he said that during the draft process, 
he kind of questioned whether Trey had it in him to be this kind of player this early. He honestly yeah. thought he didn't have it in him to do this. And I would and I would have kind of agreed because at the beginning of last year, the way that he started, the commentary the commentary a year ago was Trey Mann can't get his shots off against NBA length. Yeah. That's what was happening. <laughs> so it's like, oh no. I think Mark felt the same way. Like wasn't defending well and couldn't get the shot off against NBA and but what he did was he just like really worked and has really been working since then. And I think that he's not only looking on the court, but he's impressed people with just his the way that he competes off the court and the way that he is adding to his game. I think that it is it's commendable. I hope that it translates for him. He's a really good guy. And I I think that there's a good chance that Trey is really good this year. Uh and and could be one of those pieces to the thund- one of the Thunder teams that actually competes, but um, you know, that's probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Yeah, to a certain degree, yes. Um I think that last season though, um, has already shown something. Like as you mentioned at the beginning, he was not playing at all, then playing sparse minutes, then playing regular minutes, and at the end of it, he was like owning entire quarters <laughs> of basketball. Like it's it's not uh, a common thing um, to improve that much in a season. We'll see. I mean, summer league was very disappointing um, because I I expect him to go to, like for him to go like berserk and just own games and and whatnot. He didn't do that. Um, he took terrible shots. I think that, His handle was off. It was weird. He was yeah, coming, yeah, he was coming off of COVID, but like it was just yeah. it was bad. It was just he, he just was he was just not in a rhythm at all. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah, it was. So I'm very, very curious to see how it goes. And I think with him putting on weight, like the thing that I think it was Muscala mentioned it was just his finishing and getting to the rim, which like if he didn't put on this weight and just came in as mostly the same player, we, we would have still been excited because the step back we already saw, like it's there. It's basically a finished product. We we could see him getting better from three, but I was always going to have those questions about like, can this dude do anything else? Like, can is he able to get to the rim and actually finish against NBA strength? And him adding that weight, putting on that muscle, and then based on what Muscala told us, like that's that's like the final piece for me with mm-hmm. Trey Mann, at least offensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if he can finish at the rim just at like an average rate, like I'm so much more excited about him because he has it, it looks like he has everything else. But that was the one piece where I was like, I don't know it, the way he looks right now, how he's ever going to fix this. He's going to have to become so crafty to finish at the rim. Whereas now, at least you believe, well, maybe he can take some contact going forward. Yeah, yeah. and he was he was 53% at the rim last season. And if he can be upper 50s, low 60s, then it's like, oh, okay. Like, this is a really good player. <laughs> Because you know, yeah. he could, we know he can shoot. You know, we know that he can shoot the basketball. Uh, it's just a matter of can what else can he do? You know, and can he finish from mid range? You know, he was only from three to ten feet, only thirty nine percent. You know, he's got to yeah. get better there too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think th- there's a there's a case to be made that 
this could be, you know, the the sixth man of the future for the Thunder is kind of like the hopeful role, I think, whenever he was drafted. I think this is the, kind of what they envisioned is him being a guy that's just like a microwave scorer off the bench. And then the other thing for media day that I thought was most interesting was it basically being confirmed that like Josh Giddy is the reason they brought in Chip England. <laughs> because, I mean, we assume that. Yeah. But the fact that Josh came out and said, yeah, I'm like working out with him two to three times per day. Mm -hmm. And then you talking to other players and they either like having to remember his name or like, was oh, like yeah, I've met him. But I who? And I was like, shooting coach. He's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, the, like that actually makes me feel good because it's mm -hmm. like they brought him in for Josh yeah. Giddy. Yeah, he's, he's worked with Josh and with Lou, the two guys that they've worked with so far. And I asked Josh about it yesterday just what he's been working on. He's like, just like little things and like hand placement. I had a, actually had a shooting coach on that talked about this with the thumb um, on the yep. dream team show. And this is like the exact thing that Josh was talking about. Um, so you should go listen to that podcast. It was from like maybe a month and a half ago, but it was like one of the tweaks that he would have made was that the, how he uses his thumb when he's shooting. And Josh mentioned that yesterday. I was like, Oh, well, there you go. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, which is not a little thing. Uh, I mean, if you're shooting with your palm <laughs> instead of with your fingers, uh, that makes a huge difference in terms of direction, rotation, and stuff like that. So, and yes, it's a little thing, but it's also one of the most important. Um, I mean, I remember when I followed uh, my home team here, uh, there was this coach who was coaching his son, and he was just yelling at him all day, you're shooting with your palm. You should mm -hmm. move your thumb beneath the, the basketball a little bit more. And so these things are actually extremely important. So, yeah, it's it's good to hear that they are already working on those little things. Um, yeah. yeah, he's he's working part-time, basically working part-time for the Thunder as essentially Josh, like, let's make Josh Giddy good. Like, that's like what his job is, which is... It's great. I mean, it shows that the Thunder are willing to invest the resources into these players to make them their actualized self if they can get there. Now, it doesn't guarantee anything for Josh, especially for this season, because sometimes these tweaks that you do to your shot can actually make you worse initially just because he's so used to shooting the ball a certain way. So to start the season... I wouldn't expect him to just be lights out. I think there's a chance that he was like, oh, my gosh, like Josh Giddy through 10 games shooting 23% from three. Like, what is Chip England even doing? I think you have to keep in mind that, like, this is – it's definitely a process. And to think of, like, players that you wish would have, you know, taken, like, more shooting instruction. Like, like take Russell Westbrook, for, for instance. Like, I think Russ, by the time that he was good enough and was like, you know, a guy that was making all-star teams, all-NBA teams, you ask him, like, hey, let's tweak your shot so that you can get a little bit better. The dude's already all-NBA. Like, I'm not tweaking my shot. I'm not going to change anything now. Yeah. Because they know that there's, like, this period where things might get worse. And like, why would I do that for any period of time? <laughs> you know, so I think that that is something just to keep in mind is that there's a chance that, Perhaps this looks a little bit worse to start with Josh and then gets better. Maybe it's all great from the beginning and Josh is like a crazy fast learner. I don't know. But I would just say like just 
be aware that like there's a process involved with stuff like this that it could take some time, uh, but hopefully it'll pay dividends to where he's at least like a 34, 35% three point shooter. If he's that, then I, I think that like he's a true offensive weapon. Was there uh, anything else from media day that maybe, maybe some behind the scenes, Andrew, anything Um, you can tell us secrets, secrets. Um, I don't know if there's any like secrets. Uh, J dub was super cool. He's like one of the, everybody's, I mean, this whole day guys are just kind of rushing around trying to get from station to station we got to take pictures here. We got to do video here. We got to talk to the radio stations. We got to do this. We got to go talk to the media in the big room. We got to do all this stuff. Like, let's get it done as quick as we can. Uh, J Dub, after the podcast was over, just kind of sat there and he's just like chatting with me. And there's a, there's somebody that works for the Thunder that's in there too. And like, he's just chatting with us. We're talking about a little bit about cereal, a little bit about <laughs> other stuff. And, that's when I like picked up the box. I was like, "You're still here. Will you take a picture with this Cracklin' Oat brand?" And he, he's like, "Yeah, let's do it." <laughs> um, he was great. He was awesome. I mean, honestly, all the guys that that came through were really great. My, I, I stopped Lindy. Lindy was the first one that came in, and then he was when he was walking out. I think I told. Did I tell the story on the podcast? Whenever my son stopped him and told him that he was their second favorite player i don't know if i, told that. I, I, don't I know think if he, i know the story but i don't know i if can't he, remember if i told him the podcast or not but anyways yeah. i asked lindy i was like hey do you remember a kid coming up to you at the edmund rail yard telling you that he would that you were his second favorite player and he was he started laughing he was like yes i was like that's my son um <laughs> so he was like oh yeah tell him i said hi you know so i also uh i mean jay will seems like an awesome guy and his story was definitely the best yeah like just a random story that story about his dad yeah like popping his shoulder back into place and then jumping right back in to defend his son yeah that what a badass thing to like imprint in your child i know for the rest of their life i know isn't that awesome that was like i almost it's too high of a standard though like (laughs) well well, what if you just be a dad now I, th- I think you could fake it and then just they as long as they believe that your shoulder really popped out and then you yeah. do some move on the wall. That's all you need. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll do it true. when my son's like five. So it's easier. <laughs> so you to can't tell it if you really popped it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I walked by Jay Will in the hallway later. I was running to grab something to eat and I was running back and past Jay Will in the hallway. And I was like, hey, come back and get some Kraken Oat Brand. He just yelled at me, hell no. Just, <laughs> that was it. So it was so funny when you offered Mascala the box first. Yeah. Cause you, you made it sound like you were like doing him a favor. Like, no, I'm serious. You, I am I willing will. to give you this box. You can have I this will. Four dollars. <laughs> just box imagine of cereal. This- like millionaire, millionaire basketball player this guy's desperately trying to give you a box of cereal <laughs> he he did want it i'm but the thing i mean really all i'm trying to do is just give me a reason to raz mike muscala the next time i see him so it, it's gonna it's working out perfectly that's that's all it was for uh anything else or do you want to get to uh bold predictions yeah i mean 
Shay, you know, confirming that he wanted that he wants to be here, that he likes. Oh yeah, you're getting a lot of engagement on that, Andrew. With, I mean, it's just to me, it was like it was my mission. Whenever I called Dane in to do video, Big D. This was this was my congratulations on your on your marriage, (laughs) Dane. Um, Whenever I called Dane (laughs) to come shoot video, this that was my mission, and I was. I was taking a, a calculated risk that one, that no one was going to ask that question in the main room. Because if it's asked oh, in the yeah. main room, then everybody gets that content anyways. Then it's just like, great, Andrew, good job. You asked a question and got an answer that was already given, you know? Right, yeah. So whenever I, I, I he went in the main room before he uh, came and did the Down to Dunk interview. And so I, was in the clear there. And so then I just needed him to answer it, honestly. You know, and give me like give me some substance to it. Like don't say, Oh, I don't really pay any attention to that kind of stuff and I'm just gonna play basketball and you know yeah. didn't, didn't want that answer. But he gave he gave about as honest of an answer that you could hope for. Yeah. You know? Where you're saying, like, I knew what I signed up for. I didn't sign up to lose. I don't think we're gonna lose for that much longer. I like the group. I believe in this team. It's like, great. Check, 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 check. Great. Thank you. You know, that's, I mean, that was kind of what I was hoping for. Um, so, yeah, I thought that that part went about as well as I could have hoped for with the way that he answered the question. It's too bad you couldn't have, uh, if it was a day later, you could have followed up with the bombshell tsn.ca report that came out that uh, the, the Raptors are monitoring, monitoring his situation. As they should, honestly, as they should. should. New Orleans should as well. Uh, Dallas should as well be monitoring. Here's the deal. Everybody's monitoring his situation. I mean, everybody can put out that report today. Great. Good job. Everyone is monitoring every losing team's best player situation. Last year, the Atlanta Hawks were monitoring DeJounte Murray's situation. And they found out that, great, we can... We can trade for him. Yeah, I don't think that will be the case with Shea. I do think Shea is a part of the long-term plan of this team. But if they're still in the lottery in two seasons, then it's worth Toronto's time to monitor the situation. Because if they're still in the lottery in two seasons, then they probably need to trade Shea. And they probably need to reevaluate what the heck they're doing. Yeah, it is why San Antonio pulled the trigger now because they are not one or two seasons away uh, yeah. from being relevant again. I think yeah. talent-wise, they are like lacking. Um, mm-hmm. So it makes sense for them to say, "Hey, uh, we have Josh Primo, we have a bunch of young guys here. Um, we need to get very, very good players." And with Dejounte here, there's no way we are the worst team in the league. Yeah. And we, we need to be that. Um, so I, I think that the Thunder were lucky enough and they handled things well enough so that they got the number two pick. Yeah. Um, and, and that makes a huge difference. And they already have part of the infrastructure ready. So you can see OKC being relevant um, and how relevant will actually depend on how Chet is good. Uh, yeah. how the next year pick will be. Um, and so, but but you can have in your head, hey, if these two players are very good, 
OKC has a chance to be in the playoff um, and maybe maybe at the top of the not top no but in the relevant part of the playoffs. In yeah, it. yeah. And Shea said that with San Antonio in, in. Yeah, yeah. Shea said that he want, didn't think they'd be losing for much longer. I don't think that means this season. I don't think that means that they're going to win this season. I think. Yeah, it's this is also telling. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, much longer. It's. Uh, he could have said, "Hey, we are not going to lose yeah. anymore. We're going for the play-in this year, or we're going to win yeah. more games than people think this year." He didn't say that. I do think that there is a healthy amount of pressure that will build for the twenty-three, twenty-four season. Yes, and I think that that there will be whether or not it's warranted, there will be pressure on that season for the Thunder to be good, not only from fans. And from people watching them, I think from the players too. Like the players are going to want to start to win games. That'll be Josh's third season. Like they're not, I don't think they can just sit back and just hope for another lottery pick that year. I do think that there'll be a healthy amount of pressure that will. Well, it's it's the same as what we're seeing with Detroit right now. I mean, Detroit has won. 63 games total over the last three seasons, mm-hmm. 2020 20, and 23. Mm-hmm. Like they should be good. If, if they're bad again, that matches what the Sixers went through. Yeah. Four straight seasons being like around 20 wins or less. Yeah. So like you should have that kind of pressure, pressure by year four. Mm-hmm. And, and we saw what happened with the Sixers. Like when you don't meet that pressure, like by year four, things start like blowing up. And yeah. I, and, We'll get to my bold predictions, but that's going to come back for the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. Yeah, I think they'll be better. I don't think they're going to make the plan or anything this year, but this is where, this is where like with Detroit, you can see like they they need Jaden Ivey to be good, you know. They they need him to not just be some run of the mill player. They need him to be good to get out of this because they already whiffed on the Killian Hayes pick. And yeah. if you whiff on Killian Hayes and Jaden Ivey's just like an average player, then you're in kind of a tough spot. And the the Thunder were are lucky in a lot of ways. They're lucky that Shea's been as good as he is. They're lucky that I don't think they whiffed on the giddy pick. They're going to need Chet to be healthy, and they're going to need to hit on 23. And really, if really one of those works out, then I think you're in a good spot. But you need at least one of those to really work out. And like right yeah. now, it's unclear. You know, obviously 23 is unclear, but it's even unclear what, you know, where Chet is. There's a lot of optimism still around Chet. Um, I heard somebody say that Chet's going to have the, the, the best one legged turnaround jumper in the NBA because that is literally all he's doing right now. Um, <laughs> so uh, look out for that weapon. But, it's um yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see where the thunder are a year from now you know going into it cuz this is where detroit is and to me like detroit after looking kind of digging through their numbers and everything it's like man there's there's an awful lot of unknown in detroit still <laughs> and they've already yeah. kind of been through it uh, a little bit uh okay i don't really have anything else from media day it was a great day uh, extremely thankful to be able to do that. If you guys haven't listened to those interviews yet, 
I encourage you to do so. I put all of them up on YouTube today. So go watch them or listen to the podcast or both. That would be great. Send send those uh, YouTube videos to your friends and stuff too. Spread, spread the word on those. That would be great. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. But, uh, yeah, let's get to some bold predictions. Uh, let's start with McKellie. McKellie, you got a first bold prediction. Mine will be, as always, lukewarm takes. Not really bold, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Um, we got to grade these have, on a spicy scale. So, uh, yeah, these are, I don't know, chili, least, not habanero even, like it's Okay. What's, the, what's that spicy Chili chip something. called? What's the spicy chip called? The people like the spicy chip challenge. You know what I'm talking about? You get like uh, the chip and the ghost the, pepper. Well, there's like a individually wrapped chips. You seen these? Yeah. I don't know what they're called. Anybody in the chat? Let us know what they're called. I don't know what they're called. Um, but spicy chip will be the spiciest. The spiciest, and then we can give okay. you like a habanero 
ghost pepper, jalapeno, or, you know, no spice. Bill. I had a jalapeno when I was in Texas three weeks ago. It was unbelievably spicy. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, usually I just eat them mm-hmm. like, like it's nothing. And I, 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 I made a very, well, anyway, it was a bad, bad lunch. Um, uh, Grape Ape says it's uh, Pocky. Pocky. One chip challenge. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Grape Ape. So my first take is about Josh Giddy. Okay. Uh, Giddy will post at least 10 triple doubles next season and 25 or more double doubles. Um, I went through the ranking and Josh was at four last season. The top of the cream in the league is 10 or above. And I think Josh will be there. Um, and he will also be so top five in triple doubles and top 20, top 15 double double next season. Okay. That's a, that's a jalapeno take, I think. I think that Josh can really, yeah. I think it's Josh not can easy. I know to it's get not to easy. 10. Josh, I mean, Josh led the team in rebounding last year. You know, yeah. I think he'll probably do the same this year. Um, uh, here's here's what you got to do, McKelly, because <laughs> I have a take that's very similar to that, but I added a little bit of extra spice. Okay. Josh Giddy will lead the league in triple doubles. Okay. That's too spicy. But here's the here's here's the case. So last year. First of all, Russ is like done with putting up tons of triple doubles. So we don't have to worry about him. So Jokic led the league last year. He had, I believe, 16 or 19. Yeah. I think it was 16. 16. So Jamal Murray's coming back, going to steal, you know, just a couple assists per game. Yeah. Okay. Mm, Michael Porter Jr., going to steal just a couple (laughs) rebounds per game. It's going to be the difference between Jokic having 16 triple doubles and Jokic having 12 triple doubles. Which is what he's more been around the previous years. Sixteen was his career high, so yeah. I just think it comes back by a few. So yeah. now we're like in range where if Giddy puts up just double digit triple double, he's going to be within a couple of the league leader. I don't think it's crazy to imagine he could be like within single, like like within two or three of a leader and if he's there then i have to go bold and say he's going to lead the league yeah i think he could have two or three but before shea gets back just because i mean yeah there have... you go in in six games that is a yes. four, 40 pace that's, that's what he is that's what go. he is that's, that's what go. he does and he has we're, we're assuming okay i'm going to go to my second bold tick because <laughs> it's related okay okay uh-huh. we'll finish top half in three-point percentage Whoa, okay. That is that is that is okay. uh pocky. That is like two or three pockies. <laughs> okay, here's here's Explain. the case. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, first of all, first of all, top half just has to be fifteen. Okay. So 15. I know. Yeah, that's right. still a giant okay. job. All right. Uh so we saw some things happening towards the end of last year that make me feel better. Bays started taking way less threes than he ever had before, okay? okay. He's he's not going to be taking as many threes. Shea had an abnormally bad three-point shooting season. If he bounces back next season, let's say he's shooting 38-39, he's going to be taking some of the like one of the most threes on the team. That's going to help out the percentage. Lou Dort and, and I'll be sorry, honest, stop is a huge for a second on what, Shea, what, please. What? What's so you you're thinking that he will be 38 39 again? 
on that volume? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Thank you. He that is he worked off quite spicy by itself. I, he, but, I'm he, not but that high. I'm counting in way more off-ball threes, like catch-and-shoot threes, than what he was doing last year, which is just taking goofy threes for like half of the season. Okay. I think it's totally reasonable. Admittedly, <laughs> Dort, Dort is a swing player, but for Dort, what I'm betting on is him taking just a few less threes and maybe getting back to like 35%. I'm not expecting some like huge jump. Okay. But if he, he's working with Chip too. Okay, great. Trey Mann, Michele, you have to admit, you like Trey Mann. You think oh, he's going to be good. Oh, I have a bold take on him. So. Mm, okay. Sure. Mm-hmm. So he's shooting. We're going to have Mike Muscala. JRE shot 35% last year. Kenrich, two years ago, shot 40%. I'm just saying a lot of things went wrong last year in terms of OKC shooting. <laughs> a lot did. That's one I of my favorite I, sentences. I like oh, that oh. you are purposely like <laughs> missing to mention that Giddy will take five or six threes per game and will be below 30 again. Uh, Michele, I don't know if you heard that he is working out with Chip England two to three I times know. per day. I think mm. that he will be better than last season. Still like around or below 30. I didn't even mention J-Dub, another guy who we think should be a shooter. And you know what? Let's yeah. throw, throw Usman Yeah, I have a battle with Let's Andrew <laughs> about that. Let's throw Usman in there. Let's get some Usman okay. takes. At the very least, you guys at least know now what a uh, packy one-chip challenge spicy bowl take That's requires. A That's a, that is bold. That they'll, you know I what's mean, crazy, though? Yeah, Do what? You, know what it, you know what the actual percentage would be? It's going from like 32% to 35% as a yeah. team. That's a it's, huge jump. A big jump. I know, but it's As not that big. As a team, no. it's pretty big. <laughs> yes, it I think you can also, what makes this not as difficult to get to is just Shea, right? Oh, thank you. Hmm, yes. Interesting. Shea you know, going from 30% to 36% would make a big difference. Yes. Yes. That, okay, well, you that, guys already said it was packy, so your don't take. take it back. No, it still is. It still okay, is. Good. They were one of the worst shooting teams with Shea shooting 42% from three. So, yeah, but that that was that was with Bays shooting like over five per game. Why wouldn't by the Bays end of, shoot by five the end, per game this year? Because by the end of last season, he wasn't. And also, he was not taking threes the way he was. So are you buying that the number 55 means that he's taking shots near the rim now? Because that's a, that's the number of a big man. Is that why he picked it? I would love if that was actually the reason why he picked that number. Why else would you change your number to 55? It's like it's time oh, for a change. It's kind of a cool number. Is it? It's a little cool. Who's yeah. been 55 in the league that you're like, man, that's cool. I need to be like that. Mm. I need to be like that guy. It, it sounds like something Rodman would have worn. Yeah. I don't mm. think he was 55 ever. Uh, okay, McKelly. I want to make sure you get all your bold takes. To Kimba Mutombo. Before you have to leave. 55. There you go, right there. Um, Roy Hibbert. Like, I'm making the case here. This is a big man's number. This is good. Those guys don't take threes. Etwan. So I have to read my notes and, like, probably adding a few things here and there. Uh, Otherwise, I'm. I'm going to be too lukewarm, uh, even for my tastes. Uh, Trey Mann will average 16 point per, points per game and will chuck at least 6.5 threes per game. 
Whew. Okay, 6.5 is not that spicy. 16 is pretty spicy. Seven? Let's push it to seven. Come on. <laughs> he took four and a half last year. Yeah. If he's just it's, playing it's, more minutes. If he's so his per 36, which he's not going to play 36 minutes, is seven. Yeah. So no, I think that 6.5 is actually difficult for him because I think that the role he played last season. Um, was kind of different from the one that he will play this season mm-hmm. uh, to, a certain degree, to a certain degree. Um, but I think that the, I mean, he will play close to 30 minutes. This is my take. Yeah. Uh, in order to be a 16 points per game scorer, he has to be around that and be more efficient, way more efficient than what he was. Yeah. Yeah, 16 points is a lot. That's a yeah. that's some that's some big expectations for yeah. him. You know, there hadn't been that many players to score sixteen or more points for the Thunder. I mean, it was Shea and Lou Dort last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, the year before that, Shea was the only guy to score more sixteen or more points per game. That was a weird team. Yeah. Nineteen twenty. There were several actually. Gallo, Schroeder, Chris Paul, Shea, all scored sixteen or more points per game. But that was a weird team. But then, I had fifteen typed, but you would have killed me if I said fifteen. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was he would have corner. killed you. You would be dead yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, like those Paul George teams didn't have. They had. I think Melo scored more than sixteen points per game, but it was like Paul George and Westbrook were the only guys. That we're doing it. It's a it's a tough it's a tough thing to do. So I'll, I'll commend you. Yeah, Carmelo Anthony scored 16 points per game. That's what he was at. So that'd be great. That that would be a giant step for Trey Man. That would that would mean Trey Man is getting talked about on national podcasts as a guy who has improved. Bold enough or bold. stupid enough? Uh, it's bold. I think it's a that is a. One pocky chip bold. Wow. Okay. Well, I see that <laughs> uh, bold take, and I raised it this one. Mm-hmm. SGA will be the only Thunder player to score more than 15 points per game. The only one. The only one. Okay. okay. Now, you, you might be saying guess. to yourself, oh, that sounds pretty bold. Is it? The only other player who did it last year was Lou Dort. Who averaged 17 a game? Yep. I'm betting on there being more scores on this team now, both with Trey Mann playing more minutes and with J Dub and Giddy potentially taking more scoring. I could see them having like four guys all within 12 to 14 points per game and Shea being the lone guy out there at 25 points per game. Mm-hmm. I think that this is Jalapeno. This is the most <laughs> likely scenario. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Come on. Yeah, that's not bold. Yes. What? <laughs> yeah, that's not bold at all, actually. I mean, I'm betting I'm betting on Lube. That's being an L man lukewarm take is what that is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's so rude. No, there's the people in the chat are saying, Wow, boldest take I've ever heard. All Thunder fans think that all these guys are gonna score like twenty points per game. People think Lou Dort's gonna be scoring twenty points per game. Yeah. He might, um, on a night or two. Um yeah. oh right. Dunleavy in the chat says the white chocolate uh Jason Williams wore fifty five. 
Oh, Zach Wilkerson. Monsters. Zach Wilkerson says it's not even a jalapeno; it's a bell pepper. Oh my gosh! You know it what? is. Wah, wah, wah. That is All bell right. pepper. But hey, remember when I said that they were going to be top half in three point percentage? <laughs> <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. Can I have um, a very stupid take? Yes. League wide. This will. This sure. is going to be so stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, Russell Westbrook will have a borderline Ooh. all-star year. <laughs> okay. Are you just Hang like playing? Are you just? Is this for the retweets? Like, what's this for? Yeah. What are you trying to do here? <laughs> uh, so, um, <laughs> as you know, um, I you're trying to do three cone numbers over here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just trying. Let's just talk to put about in a it. Con- so I hate narratives that are mm-hmm. built for borderline no reason um, f- about the fact that Russell Westbrook w- was the reason why the Lakers were failing. Yeah. We all know that Russ needs a specific setting to be effective. Mm-hmm. If you put non-shooting players around him and especially non-shooting centers you're making life extremely hard for him Mm -hmm. um, especially at this stage in his career and so I checked all the lineups data for LA and yes when Anthony Davis LeBron and Russ were playing together those lineups were not so great but the point is most of those lineups had either Dwight Howard or DeAndre Jordan on the floor which is exactly what you'd want to avoid. And the Lakers seem to be aware of that. They signed a center that will likely play very few minutes uh, in Thomas Bryant and has like the exact trait that Russ need, a pick and pop player. So if you remove the lineups where he had a non-shooting center, Russ was actually positive when paired with uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis as, and not like by a slim margin, it was less, like plus five, plus six. Mm-hmm. So I think that he can function in an offense that doesn't have traditional centers. Um, and, and also, if you look at the efficiency and, and raw numbers, it's just like a normal rest season. It's not that different from the year that he had in in, in Washington, nor in um, in Houston. In Houston, it was way more efficient, but we all know why. And I think that the Lakers have recognized that and said, okay, let's let's see. Um, I know that a lot of was made of Pat Beverly and Danny Schroeder, but still Russ was functioning with more playmakers. Uh, it's That is not the issue. The issue is the center position and the spacing on the court. So I really think that next year, Russell Westbrook can have a bounce back year, which will not be, hey, he's worth 45 millions, but that will grant him a new contract somewhere. Wow. End of my explanation. Wow. I don't believe it. I don't believe one word of it, but <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty bold. Yeah, it's pretty bold. I don't believe it at all though. Wow. We'll see. We'll see. And you got willing to bet on this uh for real, but I would maybe a borderline all star is um is uh in the bold take spirit, yeah. but I think that he he will be better this year. Andrew, you should uh 
cut this part for the clip for the podcast. Mm. So it's plastered all over Twitter and Mikey gets retweeted and he gets he gets he just gets cemented with this take of being like the ultimate rust stand. Would yeah. that be great? That's great. Let's do that. Yeah. Let's make it happen. You know. <laughs> rust stands get the retweets. Let's do it. Um Okay. Uh, I'll give you a bold take. I think Poku's going to shoot 39% from three this year. That's just <laughs> stupid. <laughs> okay. I just yeah. really, I believe in Poku. He looks stronger. He looks sturdier. <laughs> um, what do you mean? What are you, what are you puffing? He looks sturdier? He does. What does, what does that have to do with anything? Everything. Did you push him? push him no i didn't push him i did see him strolling down the hallway though and he looked pretty darn sturdy strolling down the hallway um i'm a believer how that how that correlates with uh three-point percentage i just think he'll get on the court i think he'll Uh, shoot the ball well i just think he'll shoot the ball well is this related to the Hmm? to that video where he was nailing 100 of his threes it's not actually no 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 this is a bold prediction. It's it's pretty it's bold, but I just I believe that Poku is going to establish himself as a real player in the NBA this year. Well, that's a different take. Uh for your first take, the one that you're going with, uh-huh. I'm giving that a snorting uh packy chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirty nine percent. I mean that'd be well, pretty awesome. Certainly bold. Yeah, it's bold. Thirty nine <laughs> seems like I would I would say a bold prediction for Poku is shooting like thirty five percent. That is quite bold. Yeah, it, that is already like habanero. Or I was trying. I, I, I was gonna go there. That just feels more realistic. That feels like a realistic number to get to. No, not really. <laughs> like, would you say the same for Bays? No. I'm more of a yeah, believer in Poku than I am happen. Basley. I'm more of a believer in Poku. Yeah, Bays isn't as sturdy. Actually, Bays is I mean, quite sturdy. If, if Poku, quite by the way, sturdy. Basley has great kicks. I mean, I I want those. Yeah. Um, but thirty. If you say thirty-five for Poku, that change every, changes everything for mm-hmm. him. Like even being league-wide good from three. Yeah. That's why 39 is going to be even more awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be pretty sweet. Sure. Um, I, I'm willing to bet against that. Um, the same pizza that we are betting for the past yeah, two years. Yeah, I'm not years, willing to bet that. I'm not willing to bet me. it. I'm not willing to bet it. I just, okay. I just have, mm. I just have some. You know, if you're believing in Poku, it just comes from a place of just absolute like whimsical mystery like it's not like a place of rational thought like you can never like if you're gonna go bold on a poku take you can't just be like yeah i predict he's gonna be just some random average player yeah you're right you know it's either either he is gonna flame out either he's gonna flame out or he's gonna be incredible you know i don't know that there's anything in between for poku really what's more What's more likely, he shoots 39% from three or he has a five-by-five five game? 39% from three. Hmm. I don't know that he can get five steals. He is pretty sturdy, though. He's quite sturdy. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think he can be a role player, though. Um, I yeah. don't think that there is 
just stardom or being out of the league. I think that Poku, what he's shown last, I know that this like again ruins the um the momentum of the bold takes, but I think that Poku can be useful. Um playing 18 minutes per game and being a good defender. I don't know why nobody talks about the fact that when he's on the court, the defense is actually better by a lot of metrics. Mm-hmm. And it actually, you can see it on the court, like the, the fact that he has these long arms and he's able yeah. to move his feet quite well. So if he becomes like a normal three-point shooter, mm-hmm. that is a helpful player that will have a second contract and not a bad one. Like, I know that we were, like we think of Poku like this, kid that um, can do everything and so he needs to be a star mm-hmm. uh, to 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 be worthy of the 16th pick. I think that he can maybe this is the this, this season where he finds his role uh, and, and he's just overall a well-rounded player that can do magical stuff or or just being normal. Yeah. I think I believe my Poku take like 7% but at least I like that 7% of me like really Seven really that believes is, it. That is a huge number. Ninety-three <laughs> percent of me is like, "What are you doing? Stop! Don't do this!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those um, are, yeah. But yeah, gotta go bold. Um, Anything? Else? I have some. <clears throat> I have some league-wide ones. I'll just okay. run through these real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dallas Mavericks mm-hmm. playing team, playing team. Get them out of here. Yeah, that's starting not that bold. from le- less bold to more bold. Yeah, that's, that's uh, next. Bell pepper. I've already said it. Minnesota will be the number one seed in the Western Conference. We've gone over that. Quite spicy. Yes. And my final bold prediction is that Dwayne Casey will be the first coach to be fired. Oh. Okay. okay. That is nice. I'm, ba- I'm basing that on them having to integrate two high-profile rookies who happen to be like – one one of the youngest players if not the youngest player in that draft class mm-hmm. and then the other guy like even people who like Jay Ivey like acknowledge that it's probably going to take a few years for mm-hmm. him to like reach superstardom yeah they're integrating both of those guys probably playing them hopefully like 25 30 minutes a game yeah probably so yeah they got Bogdanovich congratulations I, ju- I think that's great for those guys development but I don't think it really matters for how many games they're going to win mm-hmm. they had and Grant, they, which is probably who's probably a better player than Bogdan so yes and I was looking at their schedule they have one of the tougher early season schedules yeah. so we mentioned that they're now in year four. They've won 63 games total the last three years. They're now in year four of their tank job. They have a lot more pressure. They have an over-under of 29.5 for some reason, which is more than any of these other bad teams. Everyone is expecting them to be the best of these bad teams. If they got off to a bad start, and we're now in year I don't, well, you're year five of Dwayne Casey. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think they're going to make a move because yeah. there's going to be a lot of internal pressure at that point. Are they really going to be a twenty-win team again? And if so, I yeah. think, yeah, yeah. If so, so that's why that that is my bull take. Dwayne Casey, yeah. first coach fired. If we're being honest, too, is Dwayne Casey the coach that you want this team to have? Whenever you're like pushing for the playoffs no. and like trying to win playoff Probably games not. and like trying to get to the top of the East, I just don't think so. I think that he's done a good job with like just managing personalities and like being 
part of like the face of that team, but like now they have an actual face of the team in Cade Cunningham. Like go get yeah. him, go get him a coach. Go get him a different coach. Whether it's like a young up and coming coach or you hire yeah, somebody I, else, like go I, get I think I think they should fire him. I think they should go get somebody else. But Yeah, it's we'll not see. the coach that the GM picked, so that is part of the deal. Yep. Any other bold takes? Yeah, I have three. I don't know how bold. One is reality. So, um, Miles mm -hmm. Turner, this is probably the, the least interesting, uh, will get traded uh, and the Pacers <laughs> will be the worst team in the league. Um, the worst and team. also, yeah. he will be traded to Charlotte for uh, Mark Williams, um, someone, uh, and, and a pick, like Gordon Award and a pick. Okay. This wow. is just reality. I mean, yeah, I, that's I bell pepper. It. That feels like that feels like something that could happen tomorrow. Yeah, except yeah. for the fact that Miles Turner never gets traded. So actually, saying he is going to get traded is the spicy thing to do. But no, saying think, Miles Turner is going to be traded on a podcast is like a tradition for every NBA podcast right now. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but I was scrolling through the things uh that the roster and said you know they, they they should they should move him oh here he makes sense um so that charlotte can be like bad but not the worst team in the league which they should be um portland will flame out in the plane again uh or <laughs> something like that um okay. i don't see i don't see <laughs> bell pepper i don't see it i mean i i think that they will they are the likeliest candidate to just miss the plane entirely. I don't Kelly's just doing roster. predictions now. Just regular predictions. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing predictions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone seems to have Portland around 40 wins. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that they can get there. I think that they will be low 30, something like that. Oh, like, really? The roster is terrible. Yeah, they so, have huh. Dame. They have Dame. They have Grant. But they, you can say that they are not terribly better than last year. I think the Kings are better. That's what you're trying to say. Oh, they might. They might. I, I just don't trust Portland. Here's how you uh, make it. 44 games? Yeah. Here's, no, 44. It's too much. I here's, think how you turn, here's how you turn a bell pepper take into a bold take. You say the Kings are going to be better than the Blazers. No, but that, that is what I mean. I mean, it's. Uh, I think that the if you remove the tanking teams, Portland is just above them. Yeah, I don't I feel mind. that way, but uh, so I would consider that boldish. I'd put it whatever the middle one is. Yeah, I, I think that this is the la like this is a season where everyone will talk about they moving on because it will just uh, it will not work. And the final take, I don't know how bold it is. I think that the narrative will help this, but Jason Tatum will win MVP. Oh, okay, hmm, that's pretty bold considering. All the turmoil. Everything that's happened. That's yeah. that. I think that that will actually be part of the reason why. Yeah, it could go in his favor because if they're still good, yeah, he like will have number one an unbelievable season. Yeah. yeah, like thirty points per game and stuff like that. I mm -hmm. think that it can happen. Um, and I mean, there. Are the, I think it's small because there there are a lot of narratives that can go well this mm -hmm. season, like for. For other players, for Embiid, um, but the fact that they have so much going on and it's like it's not their fault, it's not the player's fault. That maybe he'll get the push for that. Okay. 
Okay. Like <laughs> uh, Al, you got any any other takes? Uh, nope. Bold Used them all up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we will have bold predictions part two. Actually, airing tomorrow night, another night pod. Whoa. The fry pod is going to be on a Thursday wow. night. So prepare yourselves for that. Uh, thanks so much for watching on YouTube. If you aren't subscribed to our YouTube channel, go do that. You can listen to all the Media Day interviews on YouTube. You can also follow along with us here uh, as we record these podcasts live, which is super fun. So please subscribe to our channel. Go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night. And we'll talk to you guys again on Thursday.